I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Cindy Trice, Dr. Cindy Trice. Uh, As a relief veterinarian for over a decade of small animal practice experience in four states and over 50 unique general general practice ER and shelter clinics, Dr. Cindy Trace funds great satisfaction helping other vets take those much-deserved breaks. In 2018, Cindy founded Relief Rover, creating a resource to connect relief vets to jobs, resources, and to each other. In addition to relief practice, Cindy is a consultant and speaker. Welcome! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I was like talking to my VA. I'm like, when is Cindy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to talk to Cindy. The first time you and I talked, I was just so excited to hear like how you've created this website for this tiny little niche market of, you know, relief vets. And it's so fun. And I'm just, I'm fascinated. So we're going to start like we always do though. What was your first job? My first job, I honestly don't remember if this was the first first, but it was one of the first. Uh, I was, I couldn't drive yet, so my mom had to drop me off at the mall, and I was a reindeer in this booth. (laughs) It was was a little, um, like, stall, like a little horsey stall, Mm -hmm. and I would um, sit on the stool and had a microphone right here, and then there was a puppet, that a reindeer head that would pop out, Rudolph, that would pop out, and then I would use this little thing to move the mouth, and I would talk to the kids. <laughs> That's a new one. That is a new one. <laughs> well, it's so hilarious because I've always been, I was always the kind of person, I still am this kind of person, where if someone said, hey, you want to do this, or you want to try this, I'd be like, Sure, why not? <laughs> I've never been a reindeer before. <laughs> I think I was like 14. And I got in trouble for being too loud um, by the mall manager. I think I was talking too loud into the microphone. And then some of the kids would be sort of bratty and talk about how it was fake snow, it wasn't real. And um, I would have to sort of navigate my way through these conversations with the kids. <laughs> This explains so much, and I love it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so hilarious. All right, Uh, reindeer. I think is the first. That's the first time we've had that on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, talk to us about how you got started in uh, relief veterinarian work. Or actually, can you define define for us what relief veterinarian work is, Um, just for our listeners who don't know. Yes, so the rest of the world calls it locum. Uh, In the States, we call it relief. Mm -hmm. And basically, we are business-to-business service providers, veterinarians who come in and we fill in um, shifts at various practices um, for a variety of reasons. It could be um, an associate or owners taking a vacation. It could be a maternity leave. It could be... um, a sudden illness. It could be a a practice that wants to grow their practice and they're seeing if they can um, actually accommodate another 
another veterinarian, um, and we will sort of fill in while they sort that out. Um, so there could be all sorts of reasons. So that's basically what a relief practitioner is. Thank you. So how did you get started in relief work? So I really, I started doing a little bit of relief work. I, I did an internship. I was an associate for a while. Um, I didn't actually finish the, the first internship because I got sick and then I went back and finished it. Mm -hmm. So after I was done with that, I was sort of at this point where I either needed to go get another associate job or or figure out what I wanted to do. Or, and I was thinking, do I want to be a practice owner? I had all these ideas. And I ended up doing some relief just to kind of check out the different practices in my area and see what they were like and check out different cultures. That's smart. Sort of with the idea of just seeing what was out there. I loved the place I had been an associate before, but, um, but that was all I knew other than the internship. And so I just, I was sort of shopping around and then my husband, who is a freelance photographer, ended up getting a job teaching at a school in Missoula, Montana. And we, we live in Florida. And so we got to go live in Missoula for six months at a time, the, the warm six months <laughs> from May through October. Um, and so we'd live six months in Montana and six months in Florida. So relief practice really was the only thing that would accommodate that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Montana, I was the only full-time relief practitioner. Uh, so I had a ton of work, a ton of work. And that was the first time I think I realized, oh, this can be a career. Mm -hmm. Like this, this can actually be a career choice. And so at that point, I made it a career choice. And, and I did have a little stint in between where I went back to my previous associate position for a few years, but I did, I was still doing relief. And then I was like, nope, that's not for me anymore. And relief practices is where I want to focus my career. That's awesome. So you got to like, you get to relief vets get to pick their work then, you know, you're not scheduled. You get to decide, you know, I want to work these days at these times for these practices. Exactly. You've got a lot of, a lot of flexibility um, and a lot of autonomy and, you know, and, and you, the, the less flexible you are with mm -hmm. the types of practices that you'll work at, then the less choices you'll have mm -hmm. about where you want to work. But that's okay mm -hmm. because you, it's all up to you. You can design it to what works, works for you and your lifestyle and what you're comfortable doing. That's awesome. So you did say that um, relief veterinarians or locum. Um, it's a lot of it is for practice. Usually you guys are relieving practice owners or associates that work full time and practices. Um, and they really don't have any built in like time off and things like that, which is one of the big issues in the industry is the burnout. So yeah. how do, so why is relief work so important for some of the issues we do see in the veterinarian industry, like burnout, emotional fatigue, um, you know, other fatigue, how does, you know, how does relief work help alleviate that stuff? Yeah. And that one of the reasons that um, I love doing relief work is because I get, not only do I love the flexibility and um, all of that and the variety, but I actually love, I get it such a good feeling from coming in and helping my fellow practitioners because I remember how that felt as an associate and just desperately needing a break. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had vacation time and I would take my vacation time, but honestly, I felt guilty mm-hmm. because when I would go on vacation, I knew that my colleagues would have to pick up my slack while I was gone mm-hmm. because the practice I worked for, they weren't in the habit of hiring relief to come in while an associate was away. So instead the rest of us, you know, so if I was there while someone else was on vacation, I felt the the brunt of that. Um, where we would basically see the same number of patients with one less doctor. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's this self-perpetuating cycle of burnout. Mm-hmm. And so what a relief practitioner can do is they can come in and they can, while that associate or owner is on vacation, they then can see those patients. So that not only, so then your uh, other associates aren't getting burnt out and it, and it burns out the text too. Because um, even though maybe you're not working with less techs, or, or you are when they're going on vacation. So it can happen on any level. Mm-hmm. But, um, but even if you don't, even if you have the same number of texts, if you're burning out your doctors, your doctors are getting sometimes grumpy, harder to work with, harder to please. And it just, it drags the whole culture down. So a relief that can come in, they're fresh, they're, um, you know, usually happy to be there, they're happy to have the work. And then the clients don't have to wait so long because you don't have these doctors trying to cram everything in. It just it makes everyone happier um, overall. It's fresh energy. And that's so important, yeah. that fresh energy, especially when you're, when you're in such a hands-on service-based industry, you have to have fresh energy. And it's, it's an opportunity when somebody goes on vacation instead of a burden. And if you see it as an opportunity and bringing it, bring in somebody who's got amazing energy, who can like, even like make efficiencies while they're there. I mean, maybe they're there for two weeks and like, Hey, you know what? This other practice does this with this. That might be a really good fit for you guys. Like it brings you like fresh eyes, fresh, fresh energy, and it helps everybody in the long run. Um, And I think the flipping of it as an opportunity instead of a burden when somebody leaves for vacation or maternity or whatever, um, would help the industry totally, like completely. Absolutely. And you know, like what you said about bringing in fresh eyes and fresh ideas, I always say relief best are pollinators. Mm -hmm. We go to so many different practices and we learn, we learn, and it's not just different medical protocols or sedation protocols, but we learn communication techniques and we learn organization techniques and we see things and you're right. And, and, and we like to share. Now, of course, we don't want to share like if, if practices have some sort of proprietary way that they do things that, you know, and how they keep clients coming to their practice. We don't want to be going around sharing those things. So we do have to have some uh, business savvy to be able to know um, when we're protecting our clients who are the practices mm-hmm. um, from sharing secrets. But there's a lot, there is such a treasure trove of knowledge and information in all of these practices on every level of employee that works there. Mm -hmm. There's so much information and a lot of it um, isn't shared and it it could be, and then we could all be helping each other. Cause I think what happens like when some practices, like maybe it's an owner who's owned this practice for, you know, 20 years, 30 years. And they, they haven't worked anywhere else or they've only worked, you know, at one or two places right out of vet school. 
they, they forget. They don't know what else is going on um, and how that there may be other ways to do things. So relief vets can help with that. Of course, without coming in and dictating changes to the practice. Oh. You don't want to do that either. Oh, right. But yeah. I, love, I love that you say they're pollinators. Yeah. Right? Like they can, yeah. you know, take the best piece of this practice and maybe see if it fits another practice and like, you, you know, help, help businesses run better. Yeah. While, while giving people some, you know, some space for less burnout. I love it. And I've, I've had practice actually ask me, mm -hmm. will you tell me what we're, you know, what do you think we're doing right? What do you think we're doing wrong based on your experience? I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but I have had practices ask me that. And I'm like, well, that actually, that's really interesting. And that's a very, I think, forward thinking mm -hmm. uh, practice manager or practice owner mm -hmm. um, who's asking that those questions of relief vets. Doesn't mean you have to take their advice, but you learn a lot from that. Yeah, I think I think it goes back to that. It can be a it could be an opportunity for a practice. Yeah. Instead of a burden. Yeah. To fill that time. I love it. Um, let's see. So um, you said that you have practices um, or there's practices that use relief vets to to grow their practices. Um, to see if they have capacity, to figure out how capacity works. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think that's another um, another opportunity for um, using relief vet veterinary services productively for practices. Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't. They're not quite sure if their um, their practice it's growing, but they're not quite sure they have enough for a full time or even a part time. Mm -hmm. They can hire. A relief vet for you know a stint so maybe you say all right we're gonna can we want to have you on for a three-month stint mm -hmm. um just to kind of see what changes we need to make in our practice to accommodate another vet do we have the capacity for another vet without the commitment mm -hmm. of hiring you know and and negotiating benefits and doing all of that kind of thing that you would do with a new associate it's it's relatively commitment free I love that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what they want. And so I think, I think the, the thing with the relief vets is that they want to work, you know, three months stints or they want to work, you know, three days a week or, you know, this is what they do. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot less pressure to, you know, bring them in for three months and then hire them or whatever. Like, and it would give the practice owner some bandwidth to decide, okay, we do want to hire an associate and now I have time to do that. Yes, exactly. It gives them time to look for the, the, right, the right fit. And it's true that there are some relief vets, like I had talked about before, mm -hmm. uh, that they're out shopping for a job. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to tell you that because, um, because it's a little bit, you know, like dating without, like just getting introduced to people by your the friend. dating <laughs> yeah so when you don't know that you're getting hooked up mm -hmm. then people behave differently right, That's right. So, so the relief vets will be really they are looking for an associate position but they don't want the practices to know so they can see what the practices are like on their regular behavior but it works both ways right because mm -hmm. then you can the practice can also see how the relief practitioner practices I don't think that that's the most common thing, but I do think it happens. I do think it exists. And sometimes those um, practices that are looking for an associate and hiring a relief vet to buy them some time do end up finding a, you know, forever home for that relief vet. You know, it just mm -hmm. sometimes there is a fit. So 
you know, I think that's just another way to look at it. I love it. It's uh, it's dating without getting married. (laughs) (laughs) We all need to do that more often. Um, So let's talk about Relief Rover um, and how that came about. So I had the idea for Relief Rover because um, I had a practice reach out to me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It was a single doctor practice in Truckee, California. And I was in Florida. I'm California licensed because I went to UC Davis. So I kept my California license, but I, I hadn't practiced out there. So I get this message on LinkedIn and she's like, Hey, how would you feel about coming to Lake Tahoe and covering my maternity leave? I was like, Lake Tahoe. That's a pretty place. Sure. Why not? I shout a screen to my husband. Hey, would you want to go to Tahoe for the summer? He's like, sure. So (laughs) Um, I I wrote her back and literally, I mean, this, in some ways, this is completely insane to me, but I wrote her back. Um, we ended up having a half hour conversation and the next thing I know I'm packing my bags to go to Tahoe. I mean, you know, there was a few months in between and I thought this is insane that a veterinarian from California found a relief vet in Florida. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I can't possibly be the only person that is willing to do things like that. So what I thought is that your pool of relief vets is not necessarily only the ones in your area. Mm-hmm. People have all sorts of reasons for wanting to travel and, um, and be other places. My husband and I don't have kids. We've got you know a couple dogs, he's freelance. So we have a very flexible lifestyle. I realize not everyone has that lifestyle, but sometimes people might have, you know, maybe grandma and grandpa live in another state and they wanna go spend the summer. Um, with them. Well, relief practice can, you know, they can go, the kids, grandkids can be with their grandparents all summer. The vet can go work relief to kind of support the vacation. And then of course you can think of a lot of scenarios where this would work, but there is no good platform out there to connect these disparate people. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of regional staffing agencies, which I think are good. and, Mm -hmm. And staffing agencies is another, another concept than from what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's how Relief Rover was born. I just thought, well, let's see who else wants to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you created, a, you created a community around this tiny niche, which I love so much. You're just like, oh, we're going to create a community so that you know, people can talk. They can talk about best practices. They can talk about you know, everything. And so talk about how that community is helping each other um, and how it's grown. Yeah. So it, it, the initial idea was to connect relief vets and practices. Mm-hmm. But then what I also realized as I looked around is I thought to myself, there's not a lot out there. Uh, there's not a lot of resources and information for relief practitioners who want to be their own business. Like I've, I've bumbled my way into being m- my own business. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to do it at all as a relief practitioner. You know, should I have a business entity? I didn't for a really long time. I operate as a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Never even occurred to me to be an LLC for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept, I mean, I kept my books really old fashioned style. I just like have my little checkbook and um, I didn't really think about how to run it as a business that I learned that over time in marketing and 
and I looked and there's, there's nobody speaking at conferences about relief practice. There are a few resources like on VIN and, um, and some of the other, I think there were a few other things I found, but nothing very concentrated and all sort of hard to find. So I thought Relief Rover can be that for people too, for relief practitioners as a way to help them learn to be business to business service providers, help them understand what they need to do to set themselves up as a business and also to connect with each other. So on Relief Rover, we have a community side where the relief vets um, can, can connect and there are forums and groups and they can talk about um, whatever the specific topic is and, and help each other problem solve. Mm -hmm. And then, but the employers are not in that part of Relief Rover. So they can do this in privacy. And then, um, and then they can, the employers are on another part and they can connect on that part as well. And the other uh, piece of Relief Forever is to connect them to service providers. So people like CPAs and um, lawyers and insurance people and help them understand what, what do you need to think about? Because if you've been an employee your whole life, um, a, a lot of those things are taken care of for you. So you don't have to make those choices about insurance and um, and self-employed, you don't have to deal with self-employment taxes and all those kinds of things. So it's just to connect them to service providers, to each other and provide resources for them. I love it because I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these niche industries, people are creating businesses and they don't realize they're creating businesses. They're like, Oh, I created a business. And I talk about this all the time because I'm a birth doula. Um, there's, you know, people go to doula trainings cause they're going to help people, you know, help people have babies. And then they're like, oh, I'm creating a business. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> wow. And I'm just like, what did you think you were doing? <laughs> you know, but I always say this, business owners are generally accidental business owners. Yeah. Right. They just see something and they go for it and they're like, oh man, I created something here. <laughs> and that's how we, I think that's how a lot of us do it. And that's totally fine. You were never talking about that. Like, that's how we all do this. Like I knew a tiny portion of what I know now when I started my business, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I help business owners. That's what I've always done. But until you do it yourself, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. No. And I think that's so interesting what you just said about you don't even, you don't realize you're starting a business. And I think that I do think there are a lot of relief vets out there that don't think that they're a business. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly enough, the practices don't think that either. Mm -hmm. I remember speaking to a practice where I was working and we were kind of talking about this and um, the practice manager was like, oh, I never thought of relief vets as business service providers. I think she just, like nobody put a name to it. And there's something interesting about putting a name to something. Mm -hmm. It changes the way you feel, first of all, about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I keep, you know, I keep using the word, the words business to business service provider over and over when I'm referring to relief vets, when I'm speaking at conferences and things like that, because I want the practices to understand that that's what we are. And I want the relief vets to understand that that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to change both of, both of those parties. It will change their vision mm -hmm. of, um, of this niche and it's going to elevate the niche and then i think everybody's going to up their game and everyone's going to have an opportunity to provide better and better services and the whole thing is going to work better i love that so much 
because it's, because it's a business owner working with a business owner instead of a business owner working with a contractor or a business owner working with an employee. It totally changes the relationship when they're, when they're on the same level. Yes. Um, and you're totally right. And I love that. I need to go apply this in different places, but I love that. You, I love that we're going to, that's going to be a lot of quotes, but I just love that. I and mean, like I was saying, it's an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So when you are bringing in another business, you're treating them like a business. Um, and then also I think it, it totally, yeah, it totally changes the relationship because then like, like that practice owner said to you or the practice manager, tell me what you think we're doing right. And tell me what you think we can improve on. And mm-hmm. if you're bringing in somebody who's been in a ton of practices, they're going to have that. And that can even be part of your contract. You know, right. I will help you with X, Y, and Z if you ask me to or whatever, you know, and then people, they're really helping elevate those practices that they've, they probably love the people and, you know, they're already like making connections and finding friends and, you know, they want to see them succeed. Exactly. That's yeah. So awesome. Well, that was great. Okay. Well, thanks, Cindy. I love this. Um, so Cindy and I talked earlier before we started recording, you know, her, her vision is to create a platform for people to be business owners. And I love that you went from, you know, I'm creating a community so people can meet to I'm creating a community that elevates our practice and elevates how we do things and helps practice owners on top of all of that. Um, so you're just taking the industry and moving it into a more sustainable place which is my focus, which is what I love is watching those people grow. So, okay. So before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? They can go to reliefforever.com mm-hmm. uh, and that's the website uh, or my email is Cindy Trice DVM at reliefforever.com. Perfect. Perfect. Um, oh, and where, where are you speaking next? I'm speaking next at Western in Vegas, and but Relief Forever will have a booth in the startup circle at VMX. Okay. And where's VMX? In Orlando. Okay. Awesome, guys. So if you are going to be there, go see Cindy. She's awesome. So, okay, last question. What is the one piece of advice you would give a veterinarian wanting to start their own relief business? I would tell them to have a, uh, well, to first ask yourself um, the question of, am I, am I flexible? Do I like flexibility? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have a flexible mind? You can learn to have a flexible mind. You don't have to be perfectly flexible, but you need to have that in your bones. Because one thing I've found is that some relief practitioners, um, end up finding that they don't like it because they they want it they want to just do things the exact way they've always done it in different um, in different places. But I don't think that you don't end up being a very happy relief practitioner that way. You have to have a more flexible mind like that. So I would say have a heart to heart with yourself about variety, flexibility and um, and serving your profession because I do think this is a niche that is about serving the profession and serving your colleagues. Mm-hmm. And then I would say consult with some professionals uh, like CPAs. Don't mm-hmm. leave out the CPAs and uh, even potentially the lawyers to help you set up your business and consult with Really Forever because we've got a lot of information to help you set things up. 
Yeah. I mean, find the community, see what it's about. Um, yeah. You know, you know, I think talking to other people that are doing what you think you might want to do is always a good place to start. And I love that it's about flexibility. Um, and I think people with a medical mind don't always tend to be the most, most flexible. I know CPAs don't tend to be the most flexible. Um, so it's finding, you know, that the right personality type, you know, asking yourself, are you that right personality type to, you know, step into different places and be okay with how they're running things and, you know, doing, doing what needs to be done, not doing what you think needs to be done. And if you're not sure if you're that personality type, no mm -hmm. harm in trying it out. Yeah. There are plenty of associate positions if you decide you don't like relief practice. But I think it's really fun and um, I think it's a great niche for, for people. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.